Welcome to a Durban Christian Centre South message. We believe that the message you are about to hear shall change you, realign your focus, and help build your relationship with our Lord Jesus. With you, we agree that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Here is Dr. Johnny Krobler with the Word from God just for you. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus, to you belongs the praise, the honor, the glory, and the power. R read with me in Revelation 5 and verse 8. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Glory to Jesus. Out of every tribe and every people and every tongue and every nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. In verse 11, then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing hallelujah lift your hands one more time and give him glory yes jesus you are worthy to receive the glory and the blessing and the honor and the thanksgiving and the praise forever and ever. Your name is above every other name and we exalt you, Jesus, because your name is highly exalted and glorified and we thank you for your presence and your power in this meeting and in every saint's home those watching by live stream and youtube and whatever platform they are on for your presence and your glory magnified as we lift our hands as one and we say jesus to you belongs the praise and everybody said amen and amen glory to god one name and his name is jesus glory to god dearly beloved we love you we want you to know that we are praying for you and we are lifting you before the throne of god and we know his blessing rests on his church we are still in a lockdown period and of course it is not a pleasant time we are pressing in, people experiencing all kinds of pressure. But I want you to know this, this too shall pass. And I want us as a church to stay patient. The Bible says after patiently enduring, we obtain the promise. God is on the throne. He is faithful and true. And right now, what we need to do as a church is stay in wisdom and protect ourselves and stay in a place of faith with the living God. Glory to God. We thank God for His mighty hand on us. And uh, I just want to speak to you a few moments about the corporate fast. And of course, 
many are saying, shouldn't we be fasting right now? I want to remind you that we are in the middle of a pandemic, a time when the church needs to stand strong, a time where you need your immune system to be strong, your body to be strong. We need to keep ourselves in faith and in wisdom, my dear church. And the corporate fast is not about a date. It's about corporately coming before the Lord and yielding ourselves to His mighty will. And we will do that as soon as we open as a church. When I was praying about this and Sister Pat and I were just communing with the Lord on His will concerning the corporate fast. Of course, we see many churches are fasting and that is the leading that they have. And God bless them with that. But the leading we have from the, from the Lord is to ensure that each and every one of you are safe at this time. Your body stays strong. You do not diminish your, your personal hygiene, neither your personal strength. And you do not in any way undermine our immune systems at this time. And we felt the Lord leading us that we should rather be building ourselves up in our most holy faith. And so God has laid on our hearts to do 21 days of meditations on the blood of Jesus. Glory to his holy name. And we have started, we are today on day seven of meditations on the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and how powerful it is. And I want to remind you to daily take that message. Sit down with your family. Spend the time. Listen to the word. Take the scripture. Pray according to the revelation God is giving. And have communion in the Lord. Hallelujah. And build yourself up in your most holy faith. So I am sending those messages daily by our WhatsApp groups. Our DCC family chat groups on WhatsApp. There's a link there for you to watch it on YouTube, on live stream. We also have it on podcast. For those who do not have as much data, you can listen to the podcast. And of course, today is day seven of our 21 days of meditation on the blood. And so directly following this service, you will receive the link to our 21 days, day seven. There will be every day we are meditating on the blood. We are meditating on the power of the blood of Jesus. And there's some mighty revelations that God is giving. So saints, I bless you today. We love each and every one of you. And today, I want you to take your Bibles as we prepare to bring our tithes and our offerings to God in worship. And turn with me to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. And we read the word of the Lord. Bring all the tithes. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and prove me now by it says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing, 
that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Glory to God. And today, I want to remind you that as we bring our tithes into the storehouse of the Lord, He will bless your home. The Bible declares He will open the windows of heaven, the favor of God, the blessing of God. When we bring our tithes, you catch the attention of God because you're enacting the covenant that you have with the living God. Hallelujah. And I want to remind you today that the Lord says, bring all the tithe, the whole tithe into the storehouse. Glory to God. We don't take some of our tithes and send it off here and some and send it off there like the practice of some is. They send their tithe to a, uh, somebody on television or those things. But I thank God that as a church, we have been taught this revelation. We know that we bring our tithes into our storehouse. Hallelujah. Your place where you worship on a Sunday. That's where God says to bring it. And we have this revelation. And I want to praise God for each and every one of His saints. Every one of you, His faithful servants. You are bringing your tithe to the storehouse. And because of that, this house has suffered no lack. There has been meat in the house of God because of your faithfulness. Throughout this time, we have seen the goodness and the blessing and the anointing and the power of Jehovah Jireh on his glorious church. Hallelujah. And we bless God with you for his faithfulness towards us. Hallelujah. And in this time, we uh, glorify God that we have, we've had no lack in the house. We have been able to pay every person, every bill. We've been able to pay for our data. We've been able to to have finances that all our staff could receive their salaries, that the church could press forward and have those beautiful nativity scenes out in the front and still proclaim the name of Jesus and still experience no lack because the abundance of God. And we have seen how God in his faithfulness has opened the windows of heaven. He has anointed many saints who have started businesses and it has flourished. Many saints had promotions in their job. Many saints had increases in this time. Many saints had new doors open to them and new provision because he is forever Jehovah Jireh our provider, glory to God. We have seen the abundance of the Lord because of our giving, because of the faithfulness, because of the understanding that we bring our tithes into the storehouse. Our pastors have been able to minister, bring food parcels and saints relief to those who need relief. We've been able to, through our Hope Center, touch so many people for God. And we thank God for His daily blessing on us. We've been able to do our WhatsApp messages daily. Dearly beloved, this God we serve is faithful and true, and He's a blessing to you and me. And I declare, according to this word, there's an open heaven over your life today in Jesus' name. And I'm reminded of what the Lord said to me in the beginning of this pandemic when I went before him and I was praying and I said, Father, provide for your people. 
They are shutting businesses down. They are making it difficult. But I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. And as I said to the Lord, Lord, your people have been faithful. Your people have been tithing. The Lord spoke this word to me and you will remember what he said. He said to me, Johnny, it's impossible that my people have been more faithful to me than what I will be to them. And this faithful God is a covenant keeping God. And he has opened the windows of heaven over your life. And he will pour out a blessing. And I will say he will continue to pour out a blessing. And by the word of the Lord I declare to you. There shall be a sevenfold restoration and blessing in your life. Church I love each and every one of you. And I thank God for you as you bring your tithe. As you bring your offering to God. He will stay faithful to you. I bless you in Jesus' name. There's communication coming up on your screen. You have everything in front of you of how to give, how to give online, how to give by uh, Snapscan and Zapper and uh, hook onto, of course, our website, etc. Our church account remains the same. It has not changed and it will not change. You keep giving to the Lord. And I bless you as you give today, dearly beloved. We love you and we are praying for you. And we bless you today as you give. There's some more information coming up about giving. And as you start giving right now, I um, want to thank God that even in this time, when we are in lockdown, we can still have guests. And I felt in my heart to, uh, to contact a great apostle of God. He's also one of the sons of Pastor Fred, grew up in his ministry, has a mighty work in Pretoria, Levendewoord, and Apostle Neville Norden has established multiple churches to the glory of God. He is a mighty man of God. And I said to him, Sir, will you minister to Durban Christian Center South? And he said, I will. And God has laid it on my heart to minister to you. And he, he brought this beautiful message of the end time and the power of prayer and the incense of prayer and how important that it is to God. So dearly beloved, we love you dearly. And I know God's going to bless you. Open your hearts. Receive the word of the Lord. And it will, will work faith and power in your hearts. I bless you. So after the offering message, Receive this word by Apostle Neville Norden. I bless you as you listen in the mighty name of Jesus. So on behalf of Sister Pat and I, our love and our blessing to you in Jesus' name. Our Durban Christian Center family and the two congregations on the bluff and all the other Durban Christian centers, whoever will be linked into this program. I was honored by your pastors, Johnny and Patricia, to minister to you on this Sunday. I really consider it an honor. I salute Johnny and Patricia. They're true sons and daughters of Dr. Fred Roberts, and uh, we have the same DNA. But I want to pray because You'll see smoke ascending here. And that will represent the prayers in the golden censer 
that the angels brought before the throne of God. And that will be your part in what God is doing in Durban, in the Bluff area, in your family, in the country, and I believe in the world. It's a little bit, just a little bit of smoke added to the prayers of the saints. And that's your part right now on earth, as it were, in heaven at the moment. While we are on earth, imagine you've got a part in heaven to play. Let's just pray together. Father, the entrance of your word gives light. And in your light, we see the light. It declares in Psalm 36, 9. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to share with you a message that I've entitled, Ready for the End. The end could be closer than you think. It could also be much further than you think. So uh, you and I need to understand where we are, where we're standing, as it were, with the Lord. The end could be much further than we expect. We don't know. Jesus speaking, and he said in Matthew 24, 36 and 44, I'm reading out of the New King James, but of that day and the hour knows not even the angels in heaven, but my Father alone. I've had so many people who come and they say, this is the time the Lord said he's coming back. Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back, only the Father. I believe the Father is waiting that you and I will fulfill the discipleship call and that he can say to his son, go and fetch your bride. The main thing is in verse 44, therefore. Therefore, what is therefore, therefore? You also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. There's been many controversies, many theories going around that this is the end of time. But my message to you today is, are you ready for the end? Many times I've asked myself, Neville, will you see the Lord coming on the clouds? I turned 75 this year. I think of one of my spiritual fathers who really impacted my life, Dr. Fred and Sister Nellie. And if they're listening, if Sister Nellie's listening, I so salute you, woman of God. But I salute as it well for Johnny and Patricia as men and women of God. And so all the pastoral team, the leadership team, and everybody there. At times I tell myself, Neville, are you important to God? And people ask me, do you think you're one of God's favorites? And I say, yes, I am. But I'm not more favorite than any one of you. You see, it says in Acts 10.34, the Lord's speaking to Peter that he's no respecter of person. And you'll see, at a time like this, we have many opinions. And to me, opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. And does your opinion count? If your opinion counted, how many opinions do you think heaven has to consider? So opinion doesn't count. Isaiah 55, 11, and I got this from the Gideons at the time. You know, I was ministering at some of the Gideon conferences and their main conference, and what amazed me 
is how they believed it when they placed the Word of God in somebody's hand, when they placed it in a hotel room, in a guest lodge, that that word, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but accomplish that for which I've sent it and prosper in that for which I've sent it. I believe the same. I believe the word of God never returns to him void. Now in Revelation 1.11, he goes on and he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. That means that what I started, I will begin. But there is nothing before me, there is nothing after me. I'm the first and the last. So let him have the last say in your life. And I know we go to doctors and doctors are wonderful. My mother, my sister, my her husband, all doctors. I've got many doctor friends. My mother turns 95 and she as a doctor found out that there are many things she couldn't do. But let's look to the Lord. His word is the last word. Now when John, the beloved disciple, in the book of Revelation, in Revelation 1, he was in the spirit on the day of the Lord and he heard a voice behind him. It must have been incredible. And when he turned, he saw Jesus standing between the seven golden candlesticks. I believe that's where the Lord is. The Lord is standing in the church because each one of us represent a certain candlestick, a certain character of a church. And he's standing there. He's standing because the church is not a building. Now that we can't gather in a building, there where you are, two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. And even if you're alone, he's the second one. And you know, when the elephant walked over the bridge and the ant sat on his ear, he said, Mr. Elephant, don't we shake this bridge? You see, you and I with the Lord, we shake things because of not who we are, but because of who he is and what he's done. Now, John responds in Revelation 1, 17 and 18. And John says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. Experience today the right hand of the Lord on you, saying, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not allow fear. Because 1 John 4:18 says, perfect love. And perfect love was shown through the cross of Calvary is shed abroad in your heart. He says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God was shed abroad, not dripped, shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit that you received. And he said to me, I am the first and the last. He repeats this. He goes on and he says, I am he who lives and was dead. I'm he who lives and was dead. In his humanity, when he took our place, he was killed. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Behold. I want you to behold, not the cross, Jesus on the cross, although you must behold him, behold the risen Christ coming into the room, even coming up to doubting Thomas. And if you're a doubting Thomas, he says, put your hands, your fingers in my hands. Put your hand in my side. Thomas, it is me. Don't allow any doubt or fear to control your life. I am alive forevermore. 
Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Nobody else has keys to open up life to you. Only he who has the keys. He has the keys of Hades. That means where the people were waiting for Jesus, let's call it paradise, to come and take them captive into the presence of God. He said, I have the keys because he took away the keys of death from Satan. Yes, he might still kill and destroy because he's a stealer who kills, robs and destroys. But he can't take life from you because in Christ you have life forevermore. Now Jesus will never die again. So in him you will never die again. Now Jesus came and uh, he conquered death. When he conquered death, he conquered sin. I want you to see him in your place, going into death. And as he went into death, he went with you into death. But the Lord spoke to me in this past year on going and living a crucified life. But also, if you stay there, then Jesus remains on the cross for you. Go to the open grave. I take it to a group for the 25th time this year, trusting things will change to Israel. And every year when we stand at the grave of the Lord Jesus Christ, so incredible. It's written, he is not here for he is risen. He is risen. That's what he said to Mary. Mary, I have risen. I have risen from the dead. Now I want to read a small portion out of the book of Revelation, Revelation 4. After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place. You know, Jesus declares himself to be the door. The door is always open. If you're listening, and you've not gone through the door, you see, you can't enter into the kingdom of God if you don't go through Jesus the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Acts 4.18 or Acts 4.12. There was no other name given in heaven by which we can be saved. I am the door. You can enter in through me and exit through me and find pasture. That means that we can enter into that door. It's an open door. Now he says, come up to heaven. And then I want you to see in heaven. And at once I was in the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he that sat on the throne had the appearance of justice and Cornelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Imagine the throne in heaven. Imagine that wonderful throne and him who sat on the throne. See the rainbow around the throne. Let me take you with me to heaven this morning. See the throne. You see, we can be so earthly bound. It's as if we can live forever. If a child dies, a month old, if you die, my mother turns 95. If you die and you believe you're going to become 120, what's it compared to eternity? Nothing, nothing. See the throne in heaven. But now let's continue to read. And he says, Around the throne were 24 thrones. Seated on the throne were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. There are five different crowns. The 24 elders sit there, 
dressed in white. Oh, I love Isaiah. He says, come, let's reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, it shall be white as snow. Though it be red as crimson, it shall be as wool. He's the one. He says, if you reason with me, I'll cleanse you. You see, religion says, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. Don't I do enough of that? While Christ says, what I did is enough. His blood is enough. Jesus is enough. You don't need anything more. His blood for cleansing garments of white. He goes on and he says in the next verse, For from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. I always wondered about these eyes behind and in front. And what the Lord is really saying to us is that those eyes Eyes must be on the Lord. Eyes must be on the Lord. Take your eyes off your circumstances. Take your eyes off that which is holding you back. Yes, but, you know, Proverbs 15, 15 says, all the days of the desponding afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and foreboding. What if? What if? Neville, what if this is the mark of the beast? You know, um, many people have ministered on that. I have a guy with me called Dr. Chuck Day, an American. He's got a doctor's degree in Greek, a master's degree in Aramaic, and a master's degree in Hebrew. He ministered a word, you can link into living word. He ministered a word on the mark of the beast. You see, we, we get all clued up by conspiracy theories. Man, they send at least five to me per day. Now, the word of God says, what do I grow in? He says in Hebrews 1 verse 3, in the last days, he spoke to us through his son, through the word, not through conspiracy theories. Please don't run around with that. See heaven. See the, the golden crowns. There are five crowns. I'm not going to speak about that. But see the elders and see the lightning. See the majesty of heaven, the beauty and the glory of heaven. And as I continue to read that, now it says in Revelation 5, verse 8 and 9, Now when he had taken the scroll, because there was no one who could take the scroll, but there was the Lamb. Remember when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of God, the sacrificial Lamb. Behold the Lamb. I want to say to you, behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. He's taken away your sin. You can't take it away. You can't fast it away. You can't pray it away. You have to go. You have to reason with the Lord who washes you white as snow and pure as wool. He's the only one. Now I want you to see in heaven all the eyes are on the Lord. So this morning, if your eyes on your circumstances, your family. Let your eyes be on the Lord. When I take a funeral, and I love taking a funeral, you say, why? Because it's a day of rejoicing. It's a day when a person enters in through the door. 
the open door in heaven into the presence of God. And uh, I long for that day. But I have a mandate. You have a mandate to fulfill. You have a race to complete. But I want you to not be earthly minded, but be heavenly minded. Because the Lord could tarry in terms of his coming. He goes on and he says, And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. You see, when Jesus came, but because uh, John says, the beloved disciple, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. Old Year's Eve, I ministered on having the face of a lion. A lion is not fearful. Uh, you see, Proverbs 28, 1 says, the righteous are bold as a lion. They're bold. They face every day with boldness. They face it with expectancy. They face it with trust that the God they serve is more than enough. I want to say he's more than enough. He goes on, he says, And each having a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which represents the prayers of the saints. Now, I haven't got a golden bowl here, but I want you to see something. As I put this on the, the coals here, you see this gets presented to the Lord. And as I put it on the, on the fire, something begins to happen. But I want you to see every little person's prayer, this little prayer, this little prayer ascends before God. Are you having part in the incense going up before the Lord? Are you praying? For who are you praying? For who are you interceding? Do you have a list for people you're praying for? You see, I had a granny when I was not really serving the Lord. I got born again nearly 59 years ago, but I gradually wandered away. And when I'd go and see my granny, she'd say to me, Neville, I'm praying for you. And you know, that's one thing I learned from Sister Nelly. Man, she prayed. She prayed for her children. She'll tell you more. She prayed for people in the congregation. She prayed for Durban Christian Center. And I want you to know that your pastoral couple, Johnny and Patricia, the other leaders are praying for you. Sometimes I bring individual names before the Lord because the Lord lays that name on me. And I know that my prayer gets to be part of what's happening in heaven. It ascends before the Lord. And as it ascends before the Lord, you know, it ascends. I always wondered why people would burn incense until I understood that my prayer is incense. So am I bringing incense before the Lord? And, and I don't want you to misunderstand. I remember going into a church and they were swinging bowls with smoke coming out of them, which was incense. But I believe that although that was done sort of in a religious sense, am I adding through my prayers to this? On this next week, on Saturday, the 23rd, we are praying the whole day from 6 until 6 because of the curfew. We invite you to have a day of prayer down there in Durban. People can come for the whole day. People can come for 10 minutes, break away from work for half an hour. Why? Let from the bluff. Let from Durban ascend before the Lord the prayers of the saints. You praying. I led my father to the Lord 
uh, two months before his death. My uncle, who was judge president of the Cape, led to the Lord three hours before his death. But my prayer continued to go as incense. But I want to come back to my granny. She'd always say to me, Neville, I'm praying for you. Neville, I'm praying for you. And I want to say to you, congregation, Johnny, Patricia, leadership are praying for you. They're adding to the incense coming. Lord, we cannot let that family member go lost. Lord, we know they've got a drug problem. We know they've got a drinking problem. But let them taste and see that the Lord is good. It is the goodness of the Lord, Romans 2.4, that leads to repentance. Now think about it. Your prayers are adding to the scene in heaven. Then it says that you and I were not purchased with silver or with gold. You see, the golden incense, the golden altar of incense, meant nothing. It was the prayers. It was the prayers that continued to go up. And as you as a congregation begin to pray, as you as individuals begin to pray, I'm asking you, Father, Daddy of children, are you praying for your children? Are you praying for those who wandered away? You say, yes, I have a daughter, but she's ran away. She's staying with her boyfriend. I want you to know one thing, that the continuous, heartfelt, earnest prayer of the righteous availeth much. Sorry, that was my telephone. Let your prayers arise. And the Lord says in Philippians 1.6, the good work that I've begun, I will complete until the day of Jesus Christ. One person came to me and said, my daughter's run away with her boyfriend. Got no contact. I said, you do. You have incense before the Lord. Keep praying. And the prayers, you see, the smoke got more. The prayer intensity. See the Christian center. And the Christian centers, all the prayer arise. From Durban is going up smoke into heaven. From Pretoria, from every city. Every city where there's a faith-believing church who believes in the crucified and resurrected Christ. There's incense. And one morning there was a knock at the door. And when he opened the door, it was his daughter. Daddy, can I come home? My daughter, the door is always open. You see, there's an open door in heaven. It's always open. My question is again, are you really praying? Are you really interceding? This morning as I went before the Lord, we've got people dying of COVID. And we're really trusting God to give us a breakthrough. This demonic thing needs to be broken. Now, I want to continue. Jesus came and he cleared the temple. Why? There was business going on in the temple. The focus was on business. Think of how rowdy they were. Um, people selling different things, competing with one another. My doves are cheaper than your doves. My goats are cheaper than your goats. I'll give you a better exchange rate for a temple shekel. And it says, Jesus says in John 2.16, Get these things out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? I'm saying to you, let your incense arise. Don't be focused on the market. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. The new King James says, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. You see, 
if you're stealing time, that could add, as it were, to the incense going up before the Lord. You say, Neville, how should I pray? You know, there's some great men of God who said, they asked them, uh, do you have an hour of prayer? I remember Smith Wigglesworth said, no, but there's hardly an hour that I don't pray. You see, there's incense. When I don't know what to pray, I pray in the spirit. So when I'm driving in the car, and forgive me if you're upset, even when you're sitting on the toilet, pray in the spirit. Take every moment and seek the face of God. Now there are two things. We are to be ready for the end time. Be in the word. We pray, give us this day our daily bread in the Our Father. It's not only physical bread, it's spiritual bread. You eat three times a day. If you can't read the word three times a day, pray three times a day. Do not let the smoke grow less. Do not develop a word bread need. Continue to pray. Trust God. The spiritual house. In the time when everything is being shaken and you've got a house built on the word, built on prayer, and that's my second point, your house will remain standing. Prayer is a declaration of your dependency upon the Lord. Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. And then we think of um, Elijah on Mount Carmel. When Elijah was on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings 18, um, he brought a sacrifice and the fire came down from heaven. The people said, the Lord, he is God. But then he told Ed that it was going to rain. But he went up on the mountain and he sent his servant up seven times. Put his head between his legs, not saying that that's always the way you should pray. But there was a humility. There was, Lord, I need to give birth because I prophesied drought. Now I'm prophesying rain. I believe with all my heart there's coming a move of God in this country. Remember, a black man from Africa carried the cross, the last portion. So before Jesus comes back, the last portion, I believe South Africa and Africa have a part to play. We don't exclude anybody else. Now, if I go on and say, although when you, if you learn to pray like Elijah, although you have a promise of God's provision in Philippians 4.19, don't stop praying. Your posture in prayer. Sometimes we pray as if it's not important. There's a humility. There's criticism about the praying hands. Why is there criticism? Because there are people always looking for what's wrong. I learned something from Dr. Eager, who was in a concentration camp in the Second World War. She said, when I come out of here, if I live, I'm going to live for something and not against something. Neville, what are you saying? You're always, I'm against this. I'm against the Christmas tree. I'm against Easter eggs. What are you for? What are you for? Forget that. That's always in the world. If you start praying against all the false money, where are you going to stop? There's so much false money in the market. I'm for the original. I'm for what conquers sin and death. I'm for the victory of the cross of Calvary. I'm for the fact that my Savior is the risen Christ. Thomas, come and feel my hands. It is me. You have to have in the third place of faith expectancy. Do you have a faith expectancy? You're trusting God to do something. You know, he says in James 5, 16 to 18, in a little time I have left. 
Confess your trespasses one to another. Pray for one another. Are you praying for one another? Praying for people in the church? Phoning up someone and saying, can I pray for you? Can I take your hand? Now in this COVID time, I've got people who phone me and say, my mother, my father's got COVID. I can't go to hospital. So I say to them, close your eyes. See me taking your hand in the spirit. Matthew 18, 19, if to agree. And then we pray a prayer of faith. Confess your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins to one another, that ye may be healed. Sometimes there's confession. Lord, my prayer life has dwindled and I'm so sorry. Lord, I want to fan the embers. I want to increase that. Lord, I want to increase those prayers. And that's why seven is the number of perfection. Increase those prayers. Elijah was a man, verse 17, and with a nature like ours, he prayed earnestly and it, that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and earth produced its fruit. A heart filled with fiery prayer, the continuous, heartfelt, earnest prayer of the righteous availeth much. I conclude. Thank you, Pastor Johnny and Pastor Patricia. Thank you to the leadership team for allowing me to minister to the precious people for whom I know you're laying your lives down, like Dr. Fred. I was so honored to be part of Durban Christian Center, and I consider most of you that I know, even if you don't know me, to still be part of my family. But let us add to the incense that goes before the Lord. Let us declare that my God is able let us have a heavenly mind, uh, get our eyes off earthly things. And I turned 75 this year. I went through COVID. People say to me, how did you go through? I kept on declaring because a sister came and said, your lips are going purple. I kept on declaring, God, the mandate for my life is not over. I want to complete the race. I want to say that I have kept the faith, and that I have fulfilled the mandate that you have for me. Fulfill the mandate that God has for you. Now to all of you that are listening, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and the Lord be gracious unto you in the year 2021. Remember, in your home, if the Lord looks over Durban, is the incense coming from your home. Your workplace is the incense coming. You say, I'm the only one. It's the prayer that makes the difference. From the congregation, let the smoke ascend. Thank you for doing me the honor to minister this word to you. The Lord bless you. Amen. And we trust that you were blessed by this podcast and that you are inspired to be more like Jesus. If you seek him, you shall surely find him. If you have been touched by this message and feel led to sow into our ministry, please go to our website www.durbanchristiancenter.co.za or find our banking details in the description below. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube so you can have up-to-date information on all our church activities. Please feel free to drop us your contact details. We'd love to connect with you.